awesome. So awesome. Well, good morning again. And man, we're so excited today. We're starting a brand new series called Oh My Soul. Honestly, Eric and I have so much expectation and so much excitement in our heart for what the Lord is going to do this month and really this whole year. We have really sensed a burden, a priority to talk about soul health as a church family specifically this month as you can see the series is oh my soul but even throughout the whole year a lot of you guys who have been joining us who are part of the a live team you know on the third sunday night of every month starting this month so starting next sunday night we have a a monthly rhythm called leadership lean in on the third sunday night and starting next Sunday night through May, every leadership lean, and we're going to be going through a book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And so it's a theme of soul health that will continue through the whole year. And so, man, we're so expectant for what the Lord is doing and what he is going to continue to do um, in this topic in our life. And so today is the first kind of morning that we're starting to talk about it. And so my prayer this morning is that we build a good framework, build some good groundwork to build on. Um, and so before I even get into it, I want to just acknowledge, I think we all understand when we, when we talk about ourselves, who we are as a person, we know that there is more to us than our body. There is more to us than what we see, right? Even non-believers, even non-Christians would agree that there's more to us than we see. There's some kind of energy. There's some kind of subconscious on the inside of us. There's some kind of invisible part of who we are. And scripture explains it this way. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, now may the God of peace himself, I love that, we serve a God of peace, not confusion. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. You completely. And then it goes on to define what that means for you completely to be sanctified. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture gives us insight into the fact that we are not just a body. We are a spirit, soul, and body. Another way to say that is we are a three-part being. Just like God is not just God the Father, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Even God is a three-part being. So we are spirit, soul, and body. Our complete self is a combination of all three of those things. Um, and so the bulk of what we're going to talk about this morning is just defining that spirit, soul, body. And then for the majority of the month, we're going to zoom in specifically to the soul part of who we are. Another way to say that scripture is that we are a spirit. The part of us that lives forever, we are a spirit. Do we have it for the um, screen? We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. If this is the first time you're hearing this topic being taught, I understand it's going to take you a while to just kind of chew on it. Like, what are you saying? Do I believe in that? Is that really what scripture is saying? And so lots of opportunity to chew on it this morning as we just kind of build a framework before we really zoom into soul. And so I just want to take a moment and define the, 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 the three different parts that we are before we kind of paint a picture of how do they all work together. 
for the rest of this morning. So the first part of who we are, the part that's easiest to see and easiest to define is our body. Our body, another way to say our body is our earth suit. Our body is our earth suit. We know what we're, we're familiar with our body. We can see our body. We can feel our body. Our body is a part of us that God made to help interact with the world around us. It's with our body. We're not in science class, but this is just part of who we are, right? We see, we hear, we smell, we touch. What's the other sense? We taste with our body. We also know that when we get to heaven, we're going to get a new body. Praise the Lord. We don't take our body to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, Scripture says. And so our body is our earth suit. It's what carries our spirit and our soul. When we get to heaven, we get a brand new body, and we all have an image of what we hope that body looks like, right? It'll be great. Um, but I do want to mention on the topic of body, you know, we serve a creator that is amazing, spirit, soul, body. And for most of this morning and this series, we're going to be talking about the unseen parts of who we are, the, the soul and the spirit, which we only know about through the word of God and kind of through experience. We don't, we don't see into the unseen realm of what the structure and the systems and um, the organization of the soul and the spirit look like visually, right? Scripture says that what is unseen is more real than what is seen. And so we're so familiar with our physical body, but scripture says our soul and our spirit is even more real than that because it lives forever. And so in light of that, we, we're going to learn a lot about soul and spirit this month and really this whole year as we go through the Emotionally Healthy Leader book. Um, but I'm just amazed. I think, you know, when you think about the human body, we can see the human body. There's whole occupations and um, degrees that the whole purpose is to spend your whole life studying how the body works, right? And there's so many different systems within the body. The body is a blank statement, but there's like the skeletal system and the muscular system and the lymph, what, the lymphatic system, all the different systems, right? Like there's so much to the body and even people that spend their whole life to study it still don't fully understand the beauty of the creation of the body. Um, I remember Eric and I had a child in between Ellen and Eli that we miscarried. We're so excited to meet that child in heaven someday. But I'll never forget going to the doctor when, we were, when I was first having symptoms of miscarriage. And, you know, I'm asking all kinds of questions like what's happening and, you know, what can we do and, and all these different things. And the doctor, I'll never forget, the doctor so kindly and so really awe-inspiringly, awe-inspiringly said, you know, honestly, for as long as doctors have been studying the human body and for as long as we've been studying the process of conception, pregnancy, and delivery, the first 12 months of a child's life is really still quite a mystery to doctors. And I thought, wow, you know, retrospectively thinking, wow, the, our body is physical. We can study it. We can look at it. And it's still majestic and awe-inspiring. How equally as much is our soul and our spirit, which we can't even see. 
So I say that because I hope to strike awe in the way that we're made. We are spirit, soul, and body. And our body is the only part of us that is seen, and it's awe-inspiring and amazing how much equally so is our spirit and our soul. Another thing scripture calls our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Scripture says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So that's pretty amazing, right? As Christians, we know that when we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. We are, there's not a, we don't need a temple, a holy of holies for the presence of God to dwell. The presence of God dwells within us as believers. And so that means that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is awe-inspiring, right? And good perspective as we consider how we can steward our bodies well. That's about all we're going to talk about the body for this series. No, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But um, Next part of us, our soul. What is our soul? How do you define what our soul is? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. So our mind, our soul thinks. The, whole, the scripture talks about how our soul can think. Our soul compromises our thoughts, things happening in our mind. Our soul can feel, not in a tangible way that our body feels, but in an emotional way. Our body feels and ha- or our soul feels and has emotion, and our soul has drive or, or will and passions. Our soul is, is our personality. Our soul feels, our soul thinks. It's important to know that when we become born again, when we become a new creature in Christ, our soul is not born again, our spirit is. We are told that we are to renew our mind. We are told to discipline our body our spirit is what is a new creature in Christ and so sometimes if you if you're new to faith and you're like man I love the Lord and I feel different on the inside but yet I still have these thoughts or these temptations or these things that I don't want to identify with I thought I was a new creation why do I still have these evil desires or why do I still have these bad thoughts or temptations or why do I still act why why am I not perfect why am I still acting imperfect It's because our soul and our bodies are not made new when we put our faith in Jesus, our spirit is. So we're going to come back and talk about soul a whole bunch more, but that's just kind of broad broad stroke soul. Our spirit, what is our spirit? Our spirit is the center of our being. It's the part of us that connects with God, okay? So the word spirit in Hebrew means breath, the literal breath of life, God's breath. Our spirit is made of the substance that heaven is made of. We see in Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Our spirit comes from God. It's breath. It's our breath. It's our core. It's a part of us that connects with God, that God speaks to and that we can speak to God from. Um, another scripture about spirit, John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so side note, like our body works together, right? 
all of our self is spirit, soul, body. So we raise our hands and we're worshiping the Lord, right? So our body can worship the Lord. Our soul can worship the Lord. But we connect. It starts in our spirit. We connect with the Lord from our spirit. He is spirit and we worship him. We connect to him spirit to spirit. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're given a new heart or a new spirit. We see this prophesied about in Ezekiel 36, 26, where God says, I'm going to give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take your heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So God prophesies about that. And then in the New Testament, it's called the new creation. When we put our faith in Jesus, we become a new creation in Christ. So our soul and our bodies are not made new. It's our responsibility to renew them, and we're going to talk about that a lot this month and this whole year, really. But we should be spirit-ruled. Our spirit should be the leader of our life. Our spirit should lead the way, and our soul and our body should follow. Proverbs 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, is how the Lord directs us searching all the inward parts of the belly. So our spirit is in our gut, right? That helps. We're going to talk about how to differentiate between emotion and God and all of that. But it helps to know your, your spirit is in your belly. It's in the innermost parts. And a lot of times our soul is in our, in our thoughts and in our emotions. But it's in the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. All right. That's some good stuff to chew on for spirit. I know you probably still have questions. We'll keep talking about it. But let's take a look at that scripture one more time. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are spirit, soul, and body, and God wants all of us whole. God desires all of us to be preserved blameless. God wants all of us to be sanctified. And maybe this is the first time, like I said, that you've been introduced to this topic and you're chewing on it, and I encourage you to keep chewing on it all morning and this whole series. And if you join us for Emotionally Healthy Leader, you'll get an even deeper dive. Um, but I want to show you a couple diagrams to help dissect and help understand how do these parts of us all work together and how can we glorify God in it. Um, go ahead and show this first slide. So we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. You can see this diagram with the three circles. Our spirit is at the core of us. Our spirit in, and our soul is in between our spirit and our body, okay? So our soul, our spirit, our soul, our body. So how do you know, like it's easy to differentiate between the voice of the body and the voice of the soul. We, we know that the voice of the body is easy. It's like first base, right? Voice of the body is the five senses. And so we can feel pain in our body. We can feel soreness. Our boys played football yesterday all day. I didn't put sunscreen on. That's why my forehead's red. But um, woke up this morning and Eli's, my whole body is sore, mom. The voice of his body is saying he is sore. <laughs> um, our body can be physically tired. You know, we can be um, in pain. We can be ill. Our, the voice of the body, I think, is basic, right? What about the voice of the soul? The voice of the soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So our emotions come from our soul. So happiness and sadness and being mad or being nervous, all of the spectrum of emotions come from our soul. Um, our thoughts are our soul. 
So we are, our knowledge can come to our soul, and so our, our soul has thoughts, logic, reason, doubt, belief. And our will comes from our soul. So passion, drive, courage, all of that kind of stuff is from the place of our soul. And so you might be like, what's left? What is, what is the spirit then? The spirit, again, is our inner self. It's our eternal self that connects with God, right? And the, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, speaks to our spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to our soul. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, and it's our job to make sure our spirit rules our soul, okay? But the voice of our spirit sounds like a voice of truth. And this helps me, maybe especially as a female, because a voice, something that's objective, sounds different than something that is subjective. Like a voice of truth in parenting is no, no. You can't have that sucker. No, right? A voice of truth is just the truth, right? It's just the truth. No emotion with it. It's just the truth. It is what it is. A subjective thing is usually more emotionally led, and that's from the soul. So the voice of truth, our spirit sounds like the voice of truth. It sounds like truth. We'll expound on that in a minute. The voice of the spirit is peace. Scripture says that peace could be our umpire. We know that the fruits of the Spirit are love. True God kind of love comes from our spirit. Joy. Joy comes from our spirit. Not happiness, but joy. Patience, goodness, self-control, all of that are voices from the Spirit. We see in, in Scripture the early believers, as they were making decisions, we, we see a phrase often used in the book of Acts called, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit. A seems good. It's a peace, right? And that's being led by the Spirit where it's like, you know, nothing in the circumstances and nothing in my emotions say that I should make this decision, but it just seems right. There's a peace. There's this gut truth saying, go this way. There's other places in the book of Acts where it says the Holy Spirit forbade them from going to a town or doing something. That's the voice of our spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, giving a check of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had that before? You go to say something, you go to do something, and you get this check in, in your spirit. It's not an emotion, but it's just the voice of the Holy Spirit saying no. <laughs> and if we, if we ignore that voice, it can get calloused over time. So the voice of our spirit is different than the voice of our soul, but sometimes that is hard to distinguish, right? Like, how do I know if I'm happy or if I'm feeling joy? Sometimes that's hard to discern. How do I know if I'm feeling shame in my soul or conviction in my spirit? How do I know if I'm feeling fear in my soul or sensing a check from the Holy Spirit in my spirit? How do we know that? Scripture tells us how in Hebrews 4:12 it says for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing, so the word of God is what pierces between soul and spirit, because soul and spirit are so tightly connected. It's only the word of God that can separate, that can pierce between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So as we're seeking God, and what do I do, and what's, where are you at, and what decision am I supposed to make, 
as we turn to the word of God, as we open up our scriptures, we have daily time with God, he will use his word, scripture, to decipher for us, to help us know, no, this is what I'm telling you, and I'm going to back it up in my word. Or, no, this is what scripture says, and you're just being led by emotions right now. The word of God. I love Psalm 19, 7. It says, the law of the Lord, or the word of God, is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the word of God converts our soul. As we get the, the word in us, it helps our spirit lead our soul. You guys doing good? So the word of God brings clarity to what the spirit of truth is saying to our soul versus what our emotions are saying, or spirit versus what our emotions are saying to our soul. We're going to expound on all of that in the coming weeks. So we live in a world that says, do what you feel. We talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago, right? Do what you feel. Let your emotions, whatever you feel is your truth, all of that. We know that we're not supposed to be led by our feelings, Right? Um, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be spirit led and have our spirit lead our emotions. But the deal is, is that God gave us a soul for a reason. Like our soul is not supposed to be ignored. He could have just made us a spirit in a body, but he made us spirit, soul, and body and on purpose. And on purpose, our soul is not made new. We have to renew our soul. And so we shouldn't totally neglect our soul because God gave us a soul for a reason. But we shouldn't let our soul lead our life either. We should let the word and the Holy Spirit by our spirit lead our life. So how do, we, how do we navigate all of this? So the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. It's through the spirit that God's going to lead our life and um, man, a, a, a huge reason why we want to do this um, series and this whole topic is because we feel such a burden to, to increase the health of the soul of the church. Because we cannot be healthy spiritually if our soul is ill. And so, man, again, we encourage you to come out to the Sunday nights with the Emotionally Healthy Leader and all that. We just feel such a burden to emphasize this in this season. Because it, it is true, unfortunately, that you can know all of the scripture and quote all of the scripture. You can be here every Sunday morning. You can be in crews, which is what we call our small groups. You can be in Bible classes. You can do all the spiritual stuff and still not be whole, spirit, soul, body. I remember the first time I was exposed to this reality. Eric and I were... Um, on staff at a church in Kalamazoo, we were overseeing the college-age discipleship program, and part of what we did was teach Bible classes and prayer and all the kinds of stuff, but we also met one-on-one with college-age students. And I'll never forget meeting one-on-one with this one lovely college-age student, and um, she had grown up in the church. She had been in every single kid's classroom in the church. She had been a part of the youth group all of her youth years, and now she was a college-age student, and we were discipling her in her college-age years in the college-age program of the church. She had probably barely missed 10 Sundays her whole life. (laughs) She served, and she sang on worship, and she did all of the things that she's supposed to do spiritually. But yet in these one-on-one settings that we had together, um, she wasn't whole. She had a lot of relational dysfunction. She had some mental illness issues. And in these meetings with her, she would quote scripture. 
she knew so much scripture. She could quote scripture. She knew all the right things to say. She knew what she should be doing. But she had the door of her soul locked. She would quote scripture passionately, and I don't doubt that she believed it. I believe with all of my heart. What does that sound? Oh, I believe with all of my heart that um, she had an authentic relationship with the Lord, 100%. She knew the Lord personally, lived for him passionately, but she wasn't experiencing, she wasn't flourishing in life because she was trying to operate just from her soul, just from her spirit and her body. She was trying to bypass her soul and have an abundant life. You guys tracking? She wasn't being honest with herself. She wasn't letting her spirit transform her soul. We can deceive ourselves if we avoid the condition of our soul. 3 John 1-2 says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The scripture is saying that we can't truly be in health if our soul's not prospering. It appears that the scripture is saying when our soul prospers, then we are fully in health. God wants us to live from our whole self, not compartmentalize our life. He wants our spirit to direct our life because our spirit is directed by his spirit. And to be honest with our soul and to open up our soul, open up the book of our soul to the Lord and let him in even to our soul. Eric and I know that having a series like this and emphasizing this for a whole year is, uh, could be a little bit like opening Pandora's box. And we're trying to enter this season with as much poise and discernment as we can because we know that there's many of us, and I would guess the majority of us in this room, maybe watching online, maybe listening to this later, that have deep, painful wounds in our soul. Many of us carry wounds in our soul that we've tried to avoid. Maybe pain from childhood, maybe dysfunction in the way that we were raised, maybe pain from being hurt in unthinkable ways that maybe we've never even shared with anybody. Weight in our souls that... Um, from lies that we have believed for too long, maybe baggage from losses that took the breath out of us, maybe the weight of shame from decisions that we chose that we wish were never a part of our story, from big things to little things. So many of us have baggage in our soul that have been unaddressed. We haven't casted those soul cares to the Lord And so it hasn't been healed, and it impacts every area of our life. Wounds and pains in our soul that we have um, can't just be avoided. They're there, and we have to address the truth. We can't deceive ourselves, right? Ignoring the voices, emotions, thoughts, pains, weights, dysfunction of our soul doesn't make it go away. Our soul cannot prosper when we avoid the truth of its condition. I'm going to show you guys a video because oftentimes I think we think I can go to church and I can build my spirit, man, but man, the skeletons under the bed of my soul, I just can't address. God wipes me clean of my sin, which he does, but we still have to deal with what's going on in our soul, right? 
because we are spirit, soul, and body. And we'll talk about in a little bit, in many ways, the soul is the, the valve. Our soul is our deciding factor of our life, of if we're going to live according to our spirit or not. And so our soul has to be healthy and strong to yield to the spirit, right? So I want to show you guys this video because a lot of times we can go through life and our soul is invisible. And so we can go through life with a really heavy soul full of baggage and it's getting in the way of all kinds of things, but nobody sees it so we don't have to address it. I want to show you guys this video and then we'll talk about it. I think this video visualizes the, uh, the effect, the visual effect of the invisible effect of a soul that has full, is full of baggage. Check it out and then I'll be right back. Right. What do you guys think? Pretty good visual, right? It's so true, though. The baggage of our soul impacts every area of our life. When we got baggage in our soul, it, it affects our marriage. When we've got baggage in our soul, it affects how we're raising our kids. When we've got baggage in our soul, it can even impact our success in what we're called to do, our occupation, our calling, whatever it might look like. When we've got baggage in our soul, it affects how we order our household, how we live our life. When we have baggage in our soul, it impacts our physical body. You know, it's so interesting the way that spirit, soul, and body is intertwined. Like, we can't see the invisibleness of thoughts or emotions, but they can manifest in our body, right? You could be feeling stress in your soul, having all kinds of emotions and stresses in your soul and our soul and our body and our spirit are all intertwined. And so all of a sudden you have a neck pain. All of a sudden your body has pain because your soul has baggage. Even those that, that have gone through horrible trauma, it can manifest in your body as well, right? Our soul is the is the um, connector of spirit and body. And so, although our soul is invisible, we're not carrying around backpacks like that. If all of a sudden I snapped my fingers and the Lord let all of the invisible souls, <laughs> you know, visible, I think we'd be like, <laughs> you know? However invisible they are, it affects our life. And God wants us to flourish spirit, soul, and body. We call this series Oh, my soul, because that's a phrase that we see the writer of 
psalms use oftentimes in awareness that his spirit is leading his body and he needed to direct his soul. We just sang about it this morning. Praise the Lord, O my soul. That's actually a scripture, right? Check out Psalms 116.7. says, return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. We are a spirit and we have to tell our soul what to do. Soul, be at rest. Trust in the Lord. Psalm 103, 1 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Soul, you better start blessing the Lord. Soul, you better start praising the Lord, O my soul. So this morning, how is your soul? How are you? Are you healthy and flourishing and prospering in every way? I love this next slide. Go ahead and show this next slide of the different gauges. It's good to recognize, okay, we are spirit, soul, and body. How are we doing? It's good if you're ever feeling in a funk or as a, as a regular rhythm to consider, okay, how am I doing spiritually? Is my spirit man strong? Am I having daily rhythms with the Lord, reading and, and singing and worshiping him? How is my soul? If my soul tank, ha if my soul had a, a, what do you call these? Gauge. Would, would your soul be on empty or would it be half or would it be full? When it comes to the health of your body, your control of your body, your discipline of your body, would your soul, would your body be full, half, or empty? I'm about to close here in a minute, and really this morning is an introduction, and I'm hoping to create an appetite within all of us um, for this topic. There's still so much more to talk about, and maybe I opened up more questions than I answered. But that's why we're going to continue this series for numerous Sundays. And I really do encourage you guys to join us every Sunday. Come back next Sunday night for Emotionally Healthy Leader. But as I close, I want to show one more diagram that I was introduced to recently that I found super helpful. Go ahead and show this next one. So this next one shows you see body, you see soul in the middle, and you see spirit. Again, soul is the one that connects spirit to body, and our soul truly is the valve. Our soul is the one that decides, are we going to let the truth of who we are in our spirit, the truth of the word of God, truly impact everything that we think, feel, do, say, are? And so that's why we're doing a whole series. A lot of times in church, we're talking about how to grow spiritually. You're like, why are we talking about our soul? Because it's the valve. Because it impacts how we let the overflow of our spirit impact every area of our life. And so maybe you're here this morning and um, you have an awareness of your soul health and you're like, I've got baggage. And I hope that God never snaps his fingers because I don't want everyone to see all the junk in my trunk. And maybe it's intimidating and maybe you're like, all right, I'm not coming back because she and Eric's going to be speaking next week. We're talking about this and you're like, this is Pandora's box and I want to run as far away from it as I can. I encourage you not to. I encourage you to come back because Psalm 23.3 says this. It says, he, God, restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his 
namesake. God is in the business of restoring souls. He's in the business of restoring, sanctifying, and make, making whole all of us, spirit, soul, and body. And regardless of maybe what has been done to you or what you have done to yourself or the pain or the wounds or the heaviness or the lies or whatever it is that is junking up your soul, it is not beyond repair. God is a God that heals the broken hearted. He is a restorer of our soul. He said that it's possible for our soul to prosper. Do you believe it? Do you believe it's possible to live a life where your soul prospers, where your soul is light, where your soul feels peace? And I think the truth is, and I think we all know it, that restoring the soul is not something that happens in a second. We can get saved. Our spirit can be made new in a second. Praise the Lord. God can remember our sins no more in a second. But the restoring of our soul is a journey. It's a lifetime. Our soul never gets perfect where it is a journey of renewing our soul, right? Having our soul submit to our spirit. But we invite you on this journey of health, spirit, soul, and body. This morning, we're opening up the topic and saying, how is your soul? Did you know that you are a spirit? You have a soul. You live in a body. And this morning, we're inviting God to start the journey of restoring our soul. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for the miraculous way that you made us. God, we thank you that we are spirit. There is the stuff of heaven within us. We are spirit, and you are spirit, and we connect with you spirit to spirit. God, we thank you that you gave us a soul. That you, gave you, that you gave us personality and emotions and thoughts and intellect and free will. God, we thank you that you gave us a body and a, a way to connect with the world around us, a, a healthy earth suit. And God, we invite you into this discussion. Lord, we ask that you give us the strength to open up our soul to you. Lord, that we start to talk to you about our feelings. We start to talk to you about our thoughts and let you transform our soul. Let you in as we endeavor to renew our mind according to your truth. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your power in our life, your ability to restore our soul and cause our soul to prosper. In Jesus' name, amen.